This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, everybody. Come on, is anybody here today? Welcome to church. So good to see you. Welcome to week two, as they've already said, of our series, Me to We, a series on relationships. We're going to get into that in just a moment. I'm really excited about what we're going to dive into. But first of all, I just want to say, hey, thanks for waking up this morning and coming to church. I so appreciate that. And I want to look in these cameras and welcome our Fresno campus and our Madeira campus. Hey, Amen. Let's give it up for all the campuses. That God's doing such a great, great work. And I, I, I love these moments where we are connected together, one church, three different locations, and we're getting our marching orders. God's speaking to us all together in this moment. It's just amazing what God is doing, and I love the technology, and we're just reaching more and more people. But sincerely, I want to say thank you for coming and being a part of all of our locations. Thanks for coming to church. And, uh, you know, placing value on these weekend services is so huge. And I don't know if you get it. And uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but but uh, God places importance on you being faithful attenders to church gatherings. In fact, in fact, one of the things that God uh, tells pastors, myself, he, he, he commands us to tell you, he says, remind the people because there's going to be a tendency in the last days. Hello, we're in the last days. I mean, we know we're closer to the Lord's return than we ever have been. He says, what's going to happen in the last days is people are going to kind of put off this church gathering thing and just kind of casually treat it like it's not really important. Kind of like get up on Sunday morning and say, well, should I go to church? Should I not go to church? It never should be an option. I mean, if you're in town and you're not doing it, you should be in church. It's just just the bottom line. And, and, and God says, remind this. So I'm doing my job. I'm reminding you that are already here, so I'm preaching to the choir. But it's a, it's a huge thing with God, and maybe you've never thought about that. In fact, there's huge blessings that come on your life. I, I could preach all day long on just that, what God puts on your life for just being faithful to do what he says to do. So just being here and sitting here and, 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 and frowning at me like you're doing, there's a blessing in it. I'm telling you, there's, there's something good. Come on, is anybody excited about being together? And... Um, you know, here's the real big thing, because we're in a series about a relationship. Here's the real big thing with God, why he wants you here. It really isn't about you. Surprise! <laughs> it really is never about you when it comes to God. Aren't you thankful that God isn't selfish? He could have looked down on the earth and say, well, you know, they made their bed. You know, let them lie in it. But God so loved the world that he flipped us off. No! God so loved the world that he sent his son, died for us while we were yet sinners. Aren't you thankful for that, that God loved us and he gave? And, and here's the big take-home about church gatherings. God says, I need you to be faithful in that because when you go, I need you to put a smile. I need you to encourage. I need you to, to, to reach out and, and, and help somebody. So here today, just being here, you don't know. There may be people that you're sitting by, just your smile, just your presence. As you go into the lobbies and shake hands and, and just are friendly, it, it is a lifesaver, God says, that, that you be here just just to stir up kindness and love and encouragement. How many of you know we're, we're beat up people? I mean, we're in the war, but we can come here today and we can find encouragement. And that's some good preaching at all of our campuses. 
Come on, that's some good preaching. And then also I want to say to all the givers and those that are faithfully supporting with their tithes and offering, thank you for what you're doing. Celebration is what it is today because of faithful partners. My, myself, my wife, we're so thrilled that we have such great people that come here. I'm kind of bragging on you, so you can smile. I'm kind of bragging on you just a little bit. We're such great people that come here in Fresno and, and Madeira. And I know they love me in Fresno. They're probably going bananas right now. They're probably really going crazy. I bet they're yelling and screaming. And Rick, can you send me some pictures to let me know how excited they are there in Fresno and, and Madeira? And uh, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Anybody else fired up? Come on. Anybody else excited about Jesus? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to stir yourself up, right? Paul told Timothy, a young pastor, slap yourself, stir yourself up, get that frown off your face. Good days are happening. Good things are happening. Come on. Your best days are still. I said your best days are still ahead. You got healing in front of you. You got deliverance in front of you. You got some bling, bling, ka-ching. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. How many servants do we have in all of our locations? God wants to see you successful. It's God's idea. So welcome, 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 welcome. I think we need to pray. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. For all these that are here in Clovis and Fresno, Madeira, God, all that you're doing and bringing people together in this family, Lord, the Celebration family. And I'm asking, God, that you would do big things in our lives today. God, I I know. I get it. God, there's so many in in these locations that they're going through it. They're, they're They're facing life challenges, and God, they just need answers. And I'm asking, God, in this moment that you would help me, that I would step into the calling and the gifting that you've placed upon my life, that you would use me to help people, Lord, that people be encouraged, that people receive hope, God, that, that answers would come to the, the questions that people are asking. God, I, I pray that we leave these facilities, we leave these campuses better. God, I thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you that you're touching each and every life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, do you love him this morning? Are you thankful for him this morning? Well, this is what I know. Life is all about relationships. In fact, everything in our lives, think about it, it revolves around relationships, whether it be friends or co-workers, boyfriends, girlfriends, roommates, families, spouses, kids, parents. I mean, think about it. Life is all about relationships. And um, I don't know if you know it or not, but it's, it's relationships that really shape your life. In fact, you are the sum total of your relationships, good or bad. Just, just take a snapshot of the people you hang out with, and you're a sum total of that, whether it be good or bad. You are who you are. You are where you are because of the relationships in life. Now, when your relationships are good, then life is good. But when your relationships are bad, life is bad. 
And for so many in our campuses today, if we'd be real with ourselves, this is really where the struggle is. That's the reason why I can't tell you how important this series is. And even in the weeks ahead, because we're going to deal with conflict and we're going to deal with brokenness, and we're going to believe for restoration and the struggle of relationships. There, there's, the struggle is real when it, when, when it comes to our relationship. There's not a person that has not experienced a broken or a struggle with a relationship. But here's the good news this morning. God's Word is packed full of help when it comes to our relationships. And here really is the big idea for this series. Here it is in a nutshell. We is always better than me. We is always better than me. Now, I know that's not good English, but that is good preaching. Can I get a witness in here? Because you'll remember that. Um, um, God, here's what you need to understand. God has relationships designed for your life, people that he wants you to do life together with. Now, the truth of the matter is, for so many of us in this room and at all of our campuses, for many of us, we've made the decision to go it alone, to do life by ourselves, um, to live life by ourselves. They've, they've come to the conclusion that, that the most important relationship that I can ever have is just with myself. Um, I'm going to take care of me. Uh, and really the reason why so many people do that is because they've been hurt and they, they have struggled with relationships. So they've just come to the conclusion that I'm just going to mind my own business and I'm just going to take care of me, 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 me. And, and the result is, is then my marriage can be disposable. My kids are disposable. My family, my friends, and anybody who crosses the line with me you're disposable. You are out of here. It's an attitude that says, I'm watching out for myself, which then has resulted with so many self-focused people who are around a lot of people, but they're all alone. They're all alone. And here's the deal with being all alone, even when you are around people. When you don't have relationships and you're all alone, going it alone is not good. It's, 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 not, it's not a God idea. In, in fact, if you begin in Genesis, you'll find out this, this principle of going it alone is, is not good in your life. He starts out with Adam, and he, God creates all that he creates, and he looks and he says, it's all good, and then he creates man, and then he says, it's not good, not that man was not good, but it was not good that man was alone. And that's not just an Adam thing. That is a mankind thing. The Bible tells us that the person that isolates himself from relationships is a fool. Jesus modeled the principle of relationships when he started his ministry in the earth. The first thing that Jesus does is he finds 12 guys to do life with. And out of those 12 guys, there was three in the inner circle. But if you study his life and ministry, you'll find out that Jesus not only had 12, but
but he also have, had an extended circle of 70 people, and then he had a larger extended circle of 120, because it's not good for you to do life alone. Ecclesiastes, a powerful verse, tells us this truth. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 8. Here's, here's what Solomon says. It says, there was a man, notice, all alone. He had neither son nor brother. The message translation said he had no children, no family, no friends. So here is a guy that has decided to go all alone. And notice the result was there was no end to his toil. In other words, nothing ever worked out for this guy. There was no end to his toil, even though he had lots of bling, bling, ka-ching, ka-ching, had all the cars and the houses and the moolah and the money, which we think, we really think, I'd be happy if I had all that. But according to this verse, here's a guy he, who decided to do it all alone, don't want no relation, don't want relationships, I'm just going to live life by myself. And the Bible says the result is that nothing works out. The, the end is just more work, more work, more toil, more toil, and whatever you accumulate, you're still not satisfied with. Why? Because you were created for relationships. God created you to live life with other people. The Bible teaches us that we are always better together. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, it says, it's better to have a partner, here it is, than go it alone. Why? Because you share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, notice the other helps. But if there's no one to help, guess what? Tough. You're all alone. Verse 11 goes on to say, two in a bed, I like this, warm each other. That's, that's, I, I, I can hear it over there in Fresno, Capitol. That, that's, that's my verse. You're single, and that's my verse, and I'm going to stick with it. Two in a bed, warm each other. Alone, you shiver all night. There's my verse. I'm going to go find me somebody to go to bed with. It, it's not fun to shiver. Now, now, let me give you some theology. You never interpret a scripture by a scripture. You see, you interpret it in light of the scripture. And Bible's very clear is that you need to shiver unless you're married. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot of shivering that needs to go on here in celebration. Until you have a license and a ring and a job and a... Right? I read that kind of verse, and I just want to go home. I'm feeling cold right now. Come on, somebody. And those that aren't married, we can have you married by the end of the day, and you can be on your way to getting warm. We'll move on. We'll talk about that more maybe in the weeks ahead. (laughs) Next verse. Go ahead and go. Here we go. Now, here's what I want you to see. By yourself, you're unprotected. There it is. You're unprotected. With the friend, you can face the worst you can, you, you, and, and I like this, can you round up a third? In other words, two people's really good, but if you can ever get three friends, that's really cool stuff because a three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped, and you're going to find out. We're going to talk about the, the three important friends that every person needs to have in this place today at all of our campuses. We is always better than me. According to God's Word, relationships are absolutely important. But it's not just relationships. 
It's the right kind of relationships. You see, if we will get our relationships right, then those right relationships set us up for success in every area of our lives that matter. But hear me today, the flip side of that is also true. If we get our relationships wrong, that can set us up for more pain, more trials, hello, more struggles, I'm reading somebody's mail, more destruction in every area of our life that matters most. What am I saying? A good life is built on good relationships. A bad life is built on bad relationships. That, that's, that's, that is the, defi- the, the definition of success or failure according to the Bible. Therefore, hear me, your relationship decisions are some of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life. I, I know you've probably heard this, the old adage, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. How many have ever heard that, right? Two, three. Uh, How many have ever heard that? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Okay. I love response when I preach. It helps me to end early. Can I have a big amen? (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Mama didn't come up with that. That actually is the Bible. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived thousands of years ago, said the exact same thing in a different way. Here it is, Proverbs 13 and 20. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Wow, that's God's word. So in other words, if you hang out with people who are better than you, wiser than you, smarter than you, have better marriages than you, that are better with money than you, they're better leaders than you, what's going to happen to your life? You're going to become like them. You will rise up to their level. It's absolutely the Bible. The area of success in my own life As I look at my own life and I track at these past short 20 years that I've been alive, (laughs) the areas of success in my own life, I can directly connect it to the people who have influenced my life and brought wisdom to my life. And and, And the same thing is true in the same way. The trouble, (laughs) hello, that I've gotten into, into my life, I rarely got into it all by myself. I've never been arrested by myself. The truth is, I've never been arrested, right? Now, my son-in-law, my son-in-law, I didn't know this after he married my daughter. When you got arrested, were you by yourself? Didn't think so. Why? Because very rarely... Very rarely do you do those things by yourself. It's people that influence your life. I was, when when bad things were happening in my life, it's because I was running with wrong people in the wrong direction, and it is true for you also. Your friends will always determine the quality and the direction of your life. 
Now, now I need you to wake up in this moment because this is, this is where we're going here today because I believe I'm going to help people that are really frustrated with life and you, you're looking for something to change. You're needing something to change today. And some of you uh, on the inside, you sense that something, something needs to change Something's not quite right. Deep down on the inside, you believe there must be something more. I'm talking to somebody. I, I need something uh, in life to make life better. I, I'm missing something. Something is wrong. And this is what I would like to suggest to you at all of our campuses. Maybe it's not something that is missing. Perhaps it is someone that is missing from your life. Here's, here's the key thought for today. It's right here. You might be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. That's what we're talking about today. You might be, in fact, I'm declaring over you, some of you are just one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. It's a powerful, powerful thought. I could spend all day taking you through the Bible and show you how many lives were changed as a result of one relationship. But, but right in front, I'm going to show you a quick one. The Apostle Paul, the course of his destiny was changed. His whole life was changed by one relationship. We see it in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. Notice here, it says, back in Jerusalem, Saul tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. Notice, they didn't trust him one bit. Why did they not trust Saul? Because before Paul was the apostle Paul, he was actually Saul before God changed his name. And they didn't trust this guy, Saul, because Saul was known as the chief persecutor of Christians. Saul would literally hunt down Christians, and you think ISIS is bad, he would have them imprisoned and even murdered. So, so never give up on people. God can still change the heart of people. But this, this, caused, this caused other Christians to be horrified at the thought that he was even going to join their church. They wanted nothing to do with Saul because he had a bad, bad past, and they didn't want him to be a part of their, their church. And notice what happens here, verse 27, then Barnabas took him under his wing. This is a relationship right here. It's going to change everything. Barnabas took him under his wing. He introduced him to the apostles and stood up for him. A relationship that changed the course of Paul's life and told them how Saul had seen and spoken to the master on, on, on the Damascus road and how in Damascus itself he had laid his life on the line with his bold preaching in Jesus' name. Barnabas, listen, is standing up and, and, and convincing the other Christ followers that Paul is the real deal now. Notice verse 28. After that, after what? This relationship. After Barnabas stood up for Saul or Paul, as we know, after that he was accepted as one of them going in and out of Jerusalem with no questions asked, uninhibited as he preached in the master's name. Don't miss this. This is absolutely 
powerful. You could get so excited. We could close the service, and I'm going to have to teach the rest of this message because this is really the point. Notice this. Don't miss this. God used one person, one relationship to change the course of Paul's destiny. This is the guy, Paul, the apostle Paul, that wrote half of the new Testament. Hear me, and millions and millions and millions of lives have been changed. The course of history was changed. The course of Paul's destiny was changed because of one godly relationship, because Barnabas stepped into Saul, Paul's life. And I'm here to tell you the same thing is true for you today. You might feel like you're stuck, but God's got a relationship. You might not feel like you're received, but God's got a relationship. You might feel like your back is up against a wall, but God's got a relationship that can take you to the next level. Hear me. You literally might be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. Now, I want, to, I want to show you three different, quickly, three different types of relationships that every single person in our campuses, every person needs. And I want to look at the life of King David because God used David mightily throughout scriptures. And I want to show you his three friends that we all need. I'm going to talk about Samuel. I'm going to talk about Jonathan. I want to talk about Nathan real quick that actually helped David to become what God called David to become. And so we'll start with the first one. And, and we're teaching this is because it's really a leadership teaching. And we're all leaders. We're all leading in our families, in our homes, and in our relationships. And we all need these relationships. The first one is, is Samuel. Samuel. Samuel is a friend who makes you better. A friend who makes you better. It's not just having relationships in your life. Remember, it's having the right kind of relationships. And remember the verse, you've got two, maybe you ought to get three. And I'm going to give you the three top friends or relationships you must have in your life. A friend who makes you better. We all need a friend who makes us better. Can I get a amen? Let, let me give you the backstory really quick. Saul has been rejected as King God is done with Saul, and God has now uh, uh, spoken to the prophet Samuel to go anoint the next king of Israel. So God sends Samuel, everybody say Samuel, to Jesse's house who has eight sons, and God is going to pick one of those sons to be the next king. So, So Jesse brings seven of his sons. In, into the house and allows Samuel to look at them. And so Samuel looks at the, the oldest son, and, man, he's handsome, the Bible said. He's good-looking. I mean, he's, he's ripped, kind of like your pastor. I mean, this guy is... I mean, he's ripping. And certainly Samuel's thinking, well, this has got to be the next king. And, and God says, uh-uh, nope. This one isn't it. And so Jesse brings son number two, and Samuel looks at him, and he's good-looking too, and got a lot going for him, and God says, nope. And, and Jesse brings the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh, and Samuel looks at them all. Samuel's thinking, man, this, the next one's going to be, and God says, nope, 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 nope. And then God tells Samuel, Samuel, 
a friend that we all need. You're looking at what people look at, but I look at the heart. And God saw something in the runt of the family, little young David, who was not even invited into the party. The Bible says he was in the backyard feeding sheep. Jesse finally brings him in. And notice we read here in 1 Samuel 16, verse 12. Notice what it says. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of, of olive oil and he had, that he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And notice this. And the Spirit of the Lord came, notice, powerfully upon David from that day forward, from that day on. God said, this is the one. Samuel did what God said to do, and it changed David's life for the better. What is amazing to me is that there was not a single person that saw in David what God allowed Samuel to see in him. Hear it today. God used Samuel, this one relationship, to help make David better. This was the day it all changed for David. And it was a result of a relationship coming into his life by the name of Samuel. It changed the whole course of David's life. This is where it all began. And I'm telling you, this isn't just about David It's about you. It's about all of us. Anytime God's going to take you to the next level, it's not going to be money. It's going to be a relationship. We've got our eyes on things, and God is saying, no, I can do the things through someone. You get the something when you get connected to someone. David's life changed. This Samuel, this, this man of God connected to David and and, and, and took David to a whole nother level. It kind of reminds me back in the 80s. I, you know, I've just been married a couple of years. We already had our first son. He even had dreads back then. It's just really crazy how he came out of the womb and stuff, just crazy stuff. <laughs> if you're a guest today or a visitor, you have not a clue what I'm saying. But I remember back in the 80s, you know, we're just working jobs and surviving, trying to figure out life. You know, I, I was just this, really a heart to be an entrepreneur and starting businesses. And, but deep down inside, I really had a passion to be in a, a full-time ministry. I felt God was calling me to pastor and, and uh, that some things that happened early on in my life. I just didn't know how to get there. And so what we did is, is, is really I never thought I would because all the preachers I saw were broke, busted, and disgusted and didn't want to be like them. Right, so so what we decide to do, we're just going to work jobs and businesses, and we're going to get really involved in the church and just just you know just to volunteer. And so our whole life, early on in our marriage, we're just at the church, we're volunteering, we were dream team members, all that kind of stuff. And so the youth camp was coming up, and and so I decide I'm going to take a week off, and I'm going to go up there and be a, a counselor. That was a crazy thought, but I I just knew I needed to invest and get get involved, and ended up going. Me and my wife ended up going, and we were camp counselors for the whole week. And I mean, I mean, who wants to do that? You don't sleep. It stinks. It's nasty. It's gross. I mean, that's the reason why people don't get involved is because it's, it's, it's work. But we did that. And what happened was a very incredible thing in our life because that's where I met a Samuel 
in my life. The whole person that was leading the whole camp for an organization was a man by the name of Terry Green, which pastors now Celebration of Salinas. And this is a man that stepped into my life, and for whatever reason, God gave him a heart for me when I was up there. Weeks later, they call me and my wife. They call us, and they offer us to come on full-time on the staff of their church as youth pastors, and that was the beginning of my life in full-time ministry because of one Samuel... One guy that showed up in my life that I connected in relationship, and he made my life better. Come on. Do you have relationships in your life who help, who help make you better? Think about it. If you're hanging out with people who eat donuts for a hobby, <laughs> chances are you're not going to get in better shape. It's just not going to happen. If you want to be a better leader, if you want to be better with your finances, if you want to have a better marriage, then you need to hang out and around people who will make you better. I'm here to tell you, I've come here to preach to you that you need a Samuel in your life. Proverbs 27, 17 says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so a relationship, hello, sharpens or makes a friend better. Makes you better. It sharpens a friend. It makes you better. We need a Jonathan. We all, excuse me, we all need a Samuel in our life. Let's go to the second one. The second relationship that every person in this room at all of our campuses you need in your life is you need a Jonathan. Jonathan is a friend who helps you find spiritual strength. Helps you find spiritual strength. Strength. As Christ followers, we all need relationships that help us find strength. Here, here's, here's the story. We fast forward now into David's life. He's been anointed to be king, remember, but he's not actually operating in the office of, of being the king yet. Um, but, but he's a war hero, and he's very popular there in Israel among the people, so popular that even the women are taking notice of him. And in fact, the women start singing songs about David. You, you, you remember, if you've been in church very long, you know the, the songs they would sing, the women would sing. David has slayed his thousands, or excuse me, Saul has slayed his thousands, but, but David has slayed his tens of thousands. And King Saul at that time, when he heard the women shift their attention from him to David, uh, Saul got angry. Saul got mad and, and, and jealous, so much so that he was determined to murder or kill David before he ever became king. We pick up the story in 1 Samuel 23:15. It says, while David was at Horash in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. So David is dead meat. His life is over. But notice what happens, verse 16. And Saul's son, Jonathan, here's the relationship. Jonathan went to David at Horash, and what helped him find strength in God? Every single one of you need relationships that help you find strength in God. 
It's over for David. He's, he's down, man. My life is over. The king is going to kill me. And Jonathan steps into David's life. When David feels like it's over, he can't find strength. And Jonathan helps him find strength in that situation. I'm here to tell you, when you're going through hell, you need somebody to come in and help you find strength. Come on. How many of you are thankful that there's been people that have stepped in and helped you in your situations, regardless who you are. There's times in your life where you're being attacked and, and, and you're being challenged in life and maybe everybody's turned their back against you. You've got to have a Jonathan to help you fight your fights. You cannot go it alone and make it to your destiny. And I'm here to tell you for every one of you, God has a Jonathan in your life. You need somebody to help you find strength. And you know what? God will use many different people throughout your years. I know a couple of years back, I was going through a very difficult time. This might be a shock to you as your pastor, but it's a very difficult time, and ministry was going through a difficult time, and just things were, were not good, to be honest with you. And I was, I, I, you would never know it. I was preaching, I was teaching, but I was, I was, I was crumbling on the inside, and I was broken because of the challenges we had been through and what we had, what we had faced. And and I remember for the first time in 20-something years that I looked at my wife, I said, baby, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can make it. And I remember for the first time in all those years, because I just, I almost, am, it's painful to even talk about it, but I remember those words coming out of my life. I said, I, I think I'm just going to quit. And I'm not a quitter. You, if you know me, I'm just, man, I'll knock you out. I'll knock you. So I'm not going to quit. But it just gotten too real, and it just gotten too tough, and it was it was it was family issues, it was church issues, it was it was people issue, and and I was just kind of done. And we were away with some other uh, relationships, some pastor people. They had not a clue what was going on in my life. I was faking it really, really good. And several of us were on a bus. We're getting ready to go to an event, and all of a sudden, from behind me, this pastor, great pastor in our nation. He just yells. I mean, he's like a few rows behind, and he yells. He says, Randy, you're not a quitter. I'm going, well, who told him? <laughs> he says, you're not going to give up. I mean, this guy's yelling on the bus. He's, he's exposing my whole laundry to all these preachers in our nation. And he says, you're not a quitter. You're not going to give up. You're built for this. And then he said, Randy, he said, do you love God? Yeah. Do you love people? Yeah. You're not going to quit. You're going you're gonna to do this thing. You're going to be an overcomer. And I'm telling you, it tagged my heart. It tagged my spirit. It put the fight back in me that I can do. Come on, I'm here to help somebody today. Come on, God is sending a Joshua or Jonathan to help you find strength when you have no strength. God's got that relationship for you. Here's the question. Do you have a Jonathan in your life? Someone that can speak that truth, someone that can tell you you can make it. 
Some of us are just hanging out with the wrong people. They're always telling you, you can't do it. You can't make it, that you'll never amount to anything. You've got to get around some people that say, hey, you're not a quitter. Come on. You're going to make this thing. Greater is he that's in you than he that comes in the world. You're, you're, you, you've got the strength of the Lord. You're stronger in the Lord and the power of his mind. You were, you, God has planned you for this. God wants to do more than what you can think or ask or imagine. You know, there's just times in your life that, that, that you need to be able to call somebody, talk to somebody. You need somebody in your life that can tell you how blessed you are when you don't feel blessed. You need somebody in your life that can tell you how healed you are when you don't feel healed and you feel sick in your body. You need somebody in your life to bring strength into your life. Come on. Come on, when, when, they're, when, when you're filing for bankruptcy and they're hooking up and repossessing all the cars, can I get a witness? Anybody ever been there? Oh, I've been there. But you need somebody in your corner that can tell you, nah, you're prosperous. You're going to make it. This isn't the end of it. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. Come on, maybe that's my job here today. Every weekend when you come, I'm just to be your Jonathan, to encourage you, to help you find strength. You can make it. Hey, you're not a quitter. You can do this. You can do your marriage. You can do your parenting. You can do your business, and you can do it with great success because greater is he that's in you than he that is in this world. Can we give God the biggest hand clap of celebration? Do you believe it? I just preached myself happy. You need a Jonathan in your Life to help you find the spiritual drink, drink the strength. I need a drink. <laughs> what you laughing at? My mama needs a drink right now. That's my mama that drinks, not me. Here's the third one. You ready? Here's the third one, Nathan. We all need a Nathan in our life. Who's Nathan? Nathan is a friend that will tell us truth. Now, some of us don't like this one, but you're not going to get there without this one in your life. Most of us know the story how God blessed David, and David was a man after God's own heart. But, but if you read the rest of the story, when David got in his 50s, middle age, uh, David ended up taking his eyes off God, and he puts his eyes on Bathsheba. Bible tells us that David commits adultery, has, uh, has her, his, her, her husband murdered, killed, and, and then this whole sin, this whole act breaks the heart of God, put the whole kingdom at risk because of David's sin. And here's the thing. David didn't see it. I mean, about a year goes on. God allows David to have space to repent and judge himself, and God will always allow you spacing to get it right on your own. And then all of a sudden, because David didn't understand the gravity of it, God sends a man by the name of Nathan to tell David the truth concerning his sin. And what happens is Nathan shows up to David and he tells David this story. He says, David, there was really a, a, a real wealthy guy who had multitudes of sheep and, and, and cattle and and, and, and then there, David, there was this poor guy, and, and all he had was one little lamb. It was kind of like the guy's pet. 
They kind of did life together. And one day, David, a traveler, came and he was hungry. And so the wealthy guy, instead of taking from his herds, he takes this guy, this poor guy's one little lamb. He has it slaughtered in order to feed the traveler. And David hears this and David can't believe it. In fact, David, the Bible says, became angry and says, this guy, whoever he is, should be put to death. And Nathan says to David, and we know it, most of us, 2 Samuel 12, 7, this is what David, Nathan said to David. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. Hear me, don't miss this. We, we need somebody in our life to make us better. And we need people to help us find strength when we're, we're about ready to give up. But if you're going to be the person that God's called you to be, you need somebody close enough to you that can look you in your eyeballs and say, you are that man. Jonathan loved David enough to tell him the truth. And once he told David the truth, David broke. Now, that doesn't always happen. I've been in these, these places before. That does not always happen. But this saved David's life this day because David was a godly man. The moment he heard it, the moment David broke and began to weep before God. In fact, I would encourage you, maybe sometime this week, read it. Psalms 51 in your Bible is actually the prayer of repentance. Once Nathan confronts him, David breaks, he weeps, and he begins to repent before God. It's all laid out there in Psalms 51. Here's my question. When is the last time you had a friend that loved you enough to tell you, don't go there. Hey, man, that's really stupid. I wouldn't do that. Listen, this is going to mess your marriage up. This, this, isn't, this isn't good for your kids. It's better that you shiver right now. Come on. Hello. Come on, this is going to affect your relationship with God. What am I saying? You need somebody in your life, and it's got to be somebody close that can tell you the truth. I always have people want to tell me things, but there are some people close to me. I listen to what they say. And if you're married, I'm sure that God will probably use your spouse in this area. My, my wife's brilliant at this. She, she'll say, baby, you lied today when you preached. You, you didn't, that wasn't right. You didn't do that right. You need to do this. Hello. Painful, but helpful. I said, painful? Come on. Do you have a relationship that can get up in your grill and tell you you're getting ready to screw your life up? What would have happened if David didn't have Nathan? It would have been over. And so many lives end in that kind of tragedy because they don't allow people in close. Listen, we are blinded to our own self so much of the time because of our own arrogance and pride. And we need somebody we trust that can tell us, hey, Randy, you're off, man. Something's not right. 
You need to get this right in your life. This is going to hurt your kids. This is going to hurt your family. We, we all need this in. I don't know that I've convinced you yet. We all need this in our lives. Some of you out here, some of you in Fresno, some of you know that, man, what, what could life have been like if you would have had that just a few years ago and you didn't make that, that mess up? We all need Nathans in our life. I've become a better person because I've had people who loved me enough to come and tell me, hey, man, you're wrong in this. Now, you can do one of two things at that moment. You can square your shoulders and let pride get in your heart and walk off and act like you're all that in a bag of chips. Or you can say, God, is there something wrong here? Do I need to make an adjustment? Am I really that man? And if you can do that, it's amazing the grace and the mercy that God can bring in your life. It was after David had murdered. It was after David had committed adultery that David became such the great man after God's own heart. It wasn't the end. God still used David mightily. So, so as I close today here, we're wrapping it up. Do you have a Samuel in your life? Do you have a Jonathan in your life? Do you have a Nathan in your life? Listen, you may be one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. One relationship, just one. You show me your friends, and I promise that's going to be your future. You're really not looking for something. You're looking for someone. Let, let me get a little strong here. Some of you, because of the people you hang out with, you're heading towards trouble. You're heading towards addictions, brokenness, despair, and destruction. It's not too late. Now, for the vast majority of us here, it's not that dramatic. Most of us, are, our friends aren't leading us there, but our friends are just leading us to just more of the same. And that can be very detrimental too because you need to ask yourself, do you want a life of just more of the same? Do you want your marriage to just be more of the same? Do you want your family to be just more of the same? Do you want your finances to be more of the same? Well, if you don't, you've got to surround yourself with people that can take you to another level. Come on, I'm preaching. This is good. Come on, this is... People say, oh, I need a miracle. I need God to give me finance. I need a miracle. This is your miracle. It's in relationships. It's going to come through relationships because God has built us to do lives together. And I'm here to tell you, he's bringing a Barnabas. He's bringing a Jonathan. And he's bringing, come on, he's bringing a Nathan into your life to get you to your destiny. So let me close with this thought. I know you're saying, oh, yeah, I agree. Man, where can you find those guys? Pastor, I'm not like you. I don't have those guys in my life. I don't have those relationships in my life. And so I know we just kind of dismiss and say, well, you know, I'm just the average guy. How do I ever get these kind of relationships in my life? I'm here to tell you, God has designed it for you to have these kinds of relationships in your life. How do you get 
these kinds. How do you get these three kinds of relationships in your life? Let me give you the secret. This is the key. If you didn't get anything else, get this right now. Listen, to have those kinds of friends, you have to be that kind of friend. Come on, that's the mandate. The Bible says if you want it to happen to you, get off your butt and start making it happen for somebody else. You got to get committed to making somebody better. You got to get committed. That's why we're here today. I got to find somebody that's ready to quit and tell them, no, you're not a quitter. You can make it, you can do it. And I need to have some close, close relationships that I can encourage and say, hey, man, I don't think you're seeing this right. And when you become that kind of friend, you'll be shocked how God brings those kind of friends into your life. Woo! I'm done. That's good stuff right there. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise at all of our campuses. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, the buffet. Here we come. But before we do, close your eyes, bow your heads at all of our campuses. Mm. Father, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you for truth today. Thank you for help. (laughs) God, this might be painful, but it's so, so helpful. Thank you, Lord. Now we know what to do. So I look all over this campus in Clovis there in Fresno, Madeira. And maybe you're here today and you're just one relationship away from receiving Jesus because that's how it works happens. I mean, so many of us here in these, these campuses, it was a friend that brought us. It was somebody that introduced us. And I'm just here as, as people are, are just quiet before God, and they're just, they're, just, they're just meditating on what's being taught today at all of our campuses. I, I'm just here to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. If you, don't, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't know where you would spend eternity, I, I just want to take this moment before we dismiss today and give you an opportunity to surrender your life to him. The truth of the matter is, is you don't live forever here on earth. The truth is you will die a physical death one of these days, but but that doesn't mean you stop existing because you're an eternal being and you will spend your eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you allowed Jesus to to come into your life? Have you surrendered your life to him? Have you accepted what he did upon that cross some 2,000 years ago when he paid your sin penalty? God doesn't force it on you, but he'll give it to you if you call upon his name. As I look all over this congregation there in Fresno, if that's you, you have no relationship with God and you desire a relationship with God, let me be that catalyst today. Let me be that relationship that connects you with a God that loves you, cares for you, has a plan for you, that'll forgive you, redeem you, and get you on the right path of life. If that's you here today in Clovis, Fresno, Madeira, if that's you, would you just raise your hand as high as you can get it? Leave it up just for a moment. Nobody looking around. Everybody just believing and praying. Come on, lift your hands up. Hands going up all over this congregation. Hold up that hand, those hands over there, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Hands all over there, man, hands all over there. Hands in that section, hands all, I believe in Fresno, Madeira, hands are all over the place. Come on, this is exciting. If you lifted your hand or should have lifted your hand, would you just pray this prayer with me? Just say, Jesus, come into my life. 
forgive me of my sins. Today I surrender my life to you. Father, forgive me. Cleanse me. Make me whole. I receive you today as my Savior. And Jesus, I make you my Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, I celebrate with you if you prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. You know what? I think we could do better than that because heaven's really partying right now with all the hands that went up. Woo! Come on. Come on. Is anybody excited about people giving their life to Jesus? That's what this is all about. And I celebrate with every one of you that made that commitment to give your life to Jesus. I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, that which you have begun today, by making that decision, God says what he's beginning to do in your life today, he's just going to be faithful to finish that work in your life. Your best days are still ahead of you, and we rejoice with you. Our campus pastors will be back up at the end of the services. They're going to encourage you to fill out a card so that we could just really connect with you in prayer. But we are excited about that decision, life decision that you have made today. But I want to close this service, close our, our, our other campuses out by just praying for you. How many of you, this has been helpful, a helpful word today? And the hands that didn't go up, you really need to get the CD and the podcast of that teaching. Listen, I I get it. The struggle is real, but the Bible gives us help so that we can conquer in every area of our relationships. I pray for you today that God would bring the Barnabas, that God would bring the Jonathans. Come on, that God would bring the Nathans, huh? That God would bring the Samuels into your life. Father, I thank you today, God, that you are helping, that you are healing God, what is broken, you're making it whole. And I, I just pray, God, that you help your people today. God, no doubt there's, there's struggle in these areas of relationships. So whether it be a, a marriage or family or kids or maybe, God, a, a business relationship, maybe, God, where we work or our boss or coworkers, God, the list goes on and on. God, we need help in this area. And God, we focus our, our minds today, not on the something, but the someone that you are bringing into our lives. God, we receive your truth today. And Father, we activate it by being those kinds of friends to the circles of people round about us. God, through this teaching today and through this series, I'm believing and praying for every relationship to receive the peace of God. Nothing broken and nothing missing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, give it up one more time. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.